Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emmons Kennedy. It is great to have your company and great to have the company of the Twitter tipping sensation himself, Aiden O'Hara, a.k.a. Longshot Value. Aiden, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Emmett. And the, the whole Twitter tipping sensation is in the bin now because I've had a number of losers in a, in a row, even with all the winners. And I ne- nearly got back last weekend with that second in the Cambridgeshire or whatever it was in, in the bog in the Curra. Oh, the but Dermot anyway, Weld horse who was unbelievably unlucky. Oh, yeah. 66 to 1. I tipped oh. that up each way. It's still, each way. It's still a, you know, it's still a decent horse. Um, ah, yeah. Th- that's the way it goes with my type of bets, though. You know, they're all massive prices. So I think uh, I'm not getting too much flack, really, though. I think most people kind of realize that something that's, I say, is 40 to 1 might have a 30 or 28 to 1 chance of winning. You know what I mean? It's not all. But, we'll, you know, that's the way it goes. I'm used to it anyway. But I have a few hopeful ones for this weekend now. Let's see how it goes. Well, I'm being told by Trish that I have to redo your intro. Um, I have to actually say instead, it's not Twitter tipping sensation, it's Twitter has been <laughs> and fraud. It, uh, yeah, has been. Yeah, that's that's it. Or uh, or else, our, oh god, there's this new fellow on Twitter. I don't know who he is. Long shot value. He seems to be just landing winners. And then you know, but I have been for the past <laughs> you know 15 years or something like that. Not as obviously not as good as this summer, but you know, other years anyway. Go on, sure. We'll go on to the first race, will we? Consistently landing the value, consistently tipping winners, but explodes on the scene at Royal Ascot, uh, which, of course, gets everybody very excited. The 150-1 winner. For those who aren't familiar with Aiden, by now you should be. 150-1 uh, winner, Valiant Force, followed by 66-1 winner, 50-1 winner, 20-1 winner, 40-1 winner. Uh, you were really slacking off then when you had a few 16-1 winners, Aiden. Pfft, I don't know what the what kind of phoning it in job you were doing there. Um, and it's been... In a couple of weeks, a couple of lean weeks, but you were desperately unlucky weeks. last I mean, week. We had a good yard, and we had a good, good wood Galway. You're, so, I mean, I think I'm, I'm really a festival kind of specialist. I think. I tell you, know, you what, you I are. You're without question the best free tipster in the business, without any shadow of a doubt. And if anybody is giving you grief, well, then I don't know what to tell you. Twitter can be an amazing place. And it can be a really sour place at times. And when uh, those it would have, I tell you one thing, would have no effect whatsoever on me at all. None at all. I'd be laughing at me. <laughs> but anyway, that's, we, you know, that's a shot. Of we carry on regardless. Shot. Uh, right, we're going to talk about a race that's not well. Certain terms of the uh, top and the betting wouldn't have any interest uh, for you, but obviously there's some great betting opportunities at the weekend. Uh, you haven't told me who you're going for yet, but you do sound excited about one, so that's on the way. Uh, but we'll begin with the Judmont Middle Park Stakes, 3 o'clock at Newmarket. The latest betting sees Van Deek, who's been unbeaten, was really impressive at Glorious Goodwood on soft ground. We covered that race live on TalkSport 2. He looked a monster that day and then was every bit a monster when he stepped into Group 1 company at Deauville for Simon and Ed Crisford. James Doyle takes the ride. He's 13-8, to eight, and James replaces Andre Tsini, uh beginning his new career in Hong Kong now. River Tiber, who Van Dijk beat last time out. In fact, there's going to be a rematch here between uh, three horses who took each other on in that pre-morne, uh, Van Dijk, Jasur, and River Tiber. River Tiber is currently a 5-2 to two shot, best price. Task Force, 15-2. to two. Jasur, 12-1 uh, to one shot. Lake Forest, 12s. Starlust, 22s. Elite Status, 25s. Give me the Beat Boys is 33-1. to one. If you're going to be going for one at a big price, is it by any chance, give me the Beat Boys? 
Yes, um, probably similar to, I heard a few other previews given him as well. He's oh. kind of, at the price, he's somewhat, he's somewhat obvious. I mean, he's going to like good ground. He wasn't that far behind River Tiber at Ascot. And um, I just think he, he probably won't be that far behind him again. Ascot is a really tough um, six furlongs as well. Now, I know... Newmarket also has the uphill finish, but I don't think it's as I don't think it's quite as tough as Ascot. And this is on proper good to firm ground. It's definitely going to suit him. It's probably going to be a length between the two of them, you know, or two lengths max. And I I kind of fancy I you know, I, I fancy him now. I think he's the best value in the race. The play side was very good value. I don't think it's out of the question that he wins. You'd be kind of wondering would Van Dijk be suited by um good to firm? Very hard to tell yet whether he would or not, but he, he, I mean he's impressive. But because there's two similar, Van Dijk and River Tiber, very similar standard of farm, I'd say. Um, they're too sharp for me. But I think Gimme the Beat Boys is the one to chase them home or give them something to think about. Um, especially on this ground, race could be ideal. See, 33 to 1, that's the value. I can see it. Um, that was a complete guess, by the way, but I figured that might be the one you're going to go for. Yeah, he, he hits... I have this thing, right, that I used to have years ago, which worked a treat, right? Uh, you know, Jim Bulger doesn't send horses over to UK for no reason. And you could blindly, you know, you could kind of blindly back them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the two-year-old. Well, he won the Jewhurst. Right? He won the Jewhurst yeah, with a 25 won. to 1 shot on one year that no, nobody was, was regarding. On, I was on most of them. Yeah, good man. And he had placed horses at 66 to 1. Yeah. He just doesn't waste shipping money right but I'd be very similar about uh, Jesse Harrington there are she sends very few horses that don't perform very few she just doesn't send them the whole time do you know what I mean I don't know how many you know flat horses she has now but she's a good few I think but you can kind of assume if something's going over you know there's a fair amount of reason and she's a a cute trainer one of you know one of the best obviously but it's just one of the things I always look straight away if I see Jesse sent a horse over. But um, so it's kind of hitting the two bells for me there. Proper farm and over for a reason. 33 to 1. Very well, easy pick in that race. Hopefully he, he runs well now. Well, he's just overpriced based on his um, based on his proximity to River Tiber and the Coventry. Um, I, I'd be fairly bullish that River Tiber is an awful lot better than we saw in, in France the last day. And I'd be pretty bullish he'll turn form around with Van Dijk. Um, this very soft ground probably didn't suit him that much, although he did win on soft ground, to be fair, at at, uh, at Navin. But he'd had an interrupted preparation. Uh, there was even a, a doubt about his participation at the last minute as well. Things hadn't gone particularly well for him. And he still got within two and a quarter lengths of Van Dijk. So, and now we're not even talking about this fellow as one of the best two-year-olds in Aidan O'Brien's yard. Like Aiden's got some team of two-year-olds this year, uh, and and he would be towards the top of it, but no one's talking about him really anymore, and he's not even favoured for this. But I, I'd be fairly confident he will turn the former under Van Dijk, but it just has that feel of a race that could result in an upset. Like I, I wouldn't be completely stunned if Elite Status really picked up massively um, and and brushed off that performance in Deauville as well, and he was one I was looking at at a big price. In fact, in my head, it was, as I was going through the prices, I almost went with elite status and decided, no, I'll go with Gimme the Beat Boys. Maybe that's the one Aiden likes. And it just happens that I got it right. Um, but he'd be interesting as well on his day. I remember interviewing Carl Burke before Royal Ascot. He was incredibly bullish about him. Um, and he came up short against your old boy, 
Valiant Force, the one that kickstarted all this for you. But that was still mm. a pretty decent run. Got back to winning ways in, in Deauville. Last time was a blowout. Like, he couldn't possibly have been right that day. But, yeah, I think the Give Me the Beat Boys is, is the... He's the play at the prices, certainly, with the, your bullishness. 33 to 1. Uh, I like River Tiber. It's not exactly Oppenheimer levels of intellect to put that one up. Uh, just very briefly on the Jubmont Royal Lodge. This Capulet wins. Surely. Surely he wins. Yeah, he looks very strong. And, God, I, I'm not sure about anything else in it at all. I, I mean... I mean, they're fine, but, you know, that's that's good farm. And he looks like an improver and the trip is going to suit. And, you know, it's kind of everything in his favor. Even possibly seems to be a fan. I mean, I don't know, maybe it could be shorter. I think I think he's shortening up now, but yeah, he, lo- he looks a proper one. And he's had less runs. He probably, had, you know, he probably has improvement in him still, you know. But um, he'd probably be suited by the... The, decent, the good ground as well. And Deep One, who, you know, he was three and a half lengths ahead of at that, at Leopardstown, has gone and won, you know, Group 2 since and won it well. Yeah. So farm stacks up. I'd be looking forward to watch that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up uh, better horse than River Tiber, but we'll see. Well, um, I wonder, will he turn out to be a better horse than Diego Velasquez? <laughs> because... For all, it looks kind of likely, you know. It looks, does look kind of likely they might. Well, they obviously think I mean, an awful lot of Diego Velasquez, and he's clearly very, very talented. But I, I watched that race back again this morning, and, um, you know, people were very harsh on Shamie Heffernan for his ride on Luxembourg against Augusto Rodin, and very harsh on Shamie for his ride on Adelaide River. And I don't know about those criticisms. I think the criticism for his ride on Capulet is absolutely warranted, though, because he come, he's under pressure rounding the final bend, but Jamie doesn't use his whip after the last half furlong or so, and yet Capulet battles all the way to the line and then gallops past Diego Velasquez when they cross it, and then Jamie couldn't pull him up. So... I did look. It was very eye-catching, all right. I, it just goes to one of my main points is that uh, even if they're belly dial, they don't know, have no clue which of these two-year-olds is going to perform better on the, on the course. Yeah. They don't. They, they they wouldn't be doing enough at home. They, you get a thing that will oh this looks brilliant at home, but it's totally different. It is it's a completely different reason than and no matter what training is going. So they they just they don't really know, which has worked out. You know, thank God for that because other than that, I'd never even look at a two year old race. But um, it, and I'd say most trainers are the same as oh, They have so many though. They've on all, all, all the ones they have are obviously fairly high end anyway. But I'd say it's very difficult to tell. You know, you're dependent on work writers and stuff like that. So well, there's a quote from I'd Michael Tabor. There's a quote from Michael oh. Tabor from Irish Champions Weekend where they were asking him, like, who's the leading two-year-old in the yard? And he said, hey, we don't get any prize money for winning races at home, so we don't do it. Prize money's on the track. That's where they're going to race against each other. And you can say, oh, that's nonsense. Of course they're they're clocking. It's They do times. Like, they will, they will have um, horses who were bred to be very, very good, had injury issues, and they just they they look after those horses and use them as lead horses. And they'll find one that if it they'll find one that if a two year old is able to get that horse off the bridle, they know it's a group one performer. And they'll then work that against those particular lead horses, um, those two year olds. And that will give them an idea of their pecking order. But as you said, it's going to be different when they get to the track. Um but that's the... Yeah, you're going to have two-year-olds that do nothing at home. Yeah, and they're not working. Yeah, suddenly. They're, they're not yeah, working. Just, you, they'd have an idea, but not... 
often the difference in price is way too much for what they're likely to know. Yeah, you know I mean? Henry it's Longfellow is much. not working alongside. He's going to be galloping out with um, City of Troy, but they're not racing against each other at Bally Doyle. And they won't race against each other until the Guineas next year either, by the way. Um, that's that's just the way that, that plays out. But I, I would imagine this fellow's going to win. Um, Aiden does get incredible stock, obviously, but you have to have the ability to then train those horses to do their best. Charlie Appleby is the exact same. Uh, he's given the very best of two-year-old talent, and then it's his job to mold those horses into being champions. There's a significant difference, though, between Aiden O'Brien and Charlie Appleby, Aiden O'Hara. Charlie Appleby is able to geld basically whatever he wants. That's not something Aidan O'Brien can do. He can't turn around to John Magner, Michael Tabor, and Derek Smith, uh, and Mr. Opal himself, and say, yo, uh, I know this fella costs two million quid and he's by Frankel, but he's just a little bit quirky at home. Imagine if he'd gelded George Washington because of his ridiculous... Be- uh, George Washington was an amazing racehorse, one of my favorites, but he was a right quirky sort. Like, he wouldn't go underneath the arch at the Curra. So they couldn't saddle him in the actual stables. They had to saddle him in the winner's enclosure, in the parade ring. Uh, he wouldn't go into the winner's enclosure at Newmarket when he won the guineas. He, it took him two hours, not 20 minutes, two hours to get him back on the plane after he'd won the 2,000 guineas at, uh, at Newmarket. Like, he just was a right sod. And normally, when a horse is behaving that way, oh, they've got problems, okay, we're going to geld them. That's not something Aidan O'Brien can do. It's all about the bloodlines. It's all about getting these horses to stud. And even if it's a horse that's not going to be good enough for Coolmore, who knows what the next owner is going to do? The next owner might think, oh, actually, I think that horse is bred well enough to be at stud in Australia or in America or South America or India. Charlie, it seems, though, can geld whatever he wants whenever he wants. So how many two-year-olds has Charlie Appleby gelded already this season? I'd have. Absolutely no. I wouldn't know even know how many how many horses he has. I know he's having not having too many winners. He's not, um, by my count, he has ninety six horses in training. Seven of yeah. his two year olds. A lot less than I would have thought. A lot less. I thought it was going to be two hundred. Um, uh, and I'm sure there's just some that are not listed on the Godolphin website yet as horses in training with Charlie Appleby. Uh, but I came up with ninety six. Seven of his two year olds have been gelded. Of all the three year olds in his yard, Aiden, how many? are now still full Colts. So how many Colts does he have in his yard compared to Geldings? Well, I'm going to play the game here and assume the only reason you're asking is because the number is ridiculously small. So, like, you know, I'm sure it's, you know, eight or nine or, you know, it's going to be a small number anyway. Do you know? Eight's a very so low number now. But are, you, are you going to go with eight? Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, something like that. Five. Yeah, you see, I wouldn't be that surprised though, because for to make it as a Godolphin stallion, you need to be Group One. Do you know what I mean? So, and I'm sure they're not really that bothered. I mean, they'll sell stuff to Australia and stuff like that. But I mean, how many stallions would actually be made every year? Well, that's another question. That um, many? It's not that many. No, even for Barry Dial. Oh I mean, yeah, of course. It's not. It's a handful. It's not that all they want is the one. Massive one, yeah, because you know, that, that's what they they need one of them every couple of years, but all the other ones, um, it, it's fine. But you wouldn't be you wouldn't be getting this year. They're going to have well Paddington, I suppose, and Augusto Dan. Anyway, there'd be a few more as well, but they'll be their main. 
they'll be their main ones. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, there's no question. I think it, look, it, it's just, it's happened, Aidan O'Brien, plenty of times. There's just guy in a, a Charlie Apple, he's obviously got in a bunch of two year olds that aren't great. Yeah. No, they're just a different. I, I don't know. They went looking for something different, maybe. And they didn't, I bet they wanted to change something, look for something different this year or something like that. Somebody who's buying came up with this idea to look for something different. Yeah. And it has happened Aiden, in the past before as well, that he's got a bunch in and they're, you know, they're not, they're not fantastic. He still probably win eight group ones those years. But I mean, he, they've kind of proved themselves in the last year or two because they really, they don't have many Galileos. No, and that's a, that's literally a breed that's going to the right horses, the Japanese horses, and um, I'm trying to remember the Sayuni, isn't it? Yeah, Sayuni. Uh, they've the, bred an awful lot they, of their best mares to justify. They sent a lot of mares to. Uh, they were sending them to Deep Impact, and then obviously he's no longer with us. Um, so they went for Hearts Cry with Continuous, and that's all worked out really well. Um, I, I would point the finger of blame at whoever's buying this stock for Godolphin because. Uh, somebody is going to the sales and signing dockets for two million, four million, one million, five hundred thousand. It's insane, and they're all useless. And there's got to be a major question mark. Like this, I'm not having a pop at Charlie Appleby. I'm having a pop at Godolphin. Full stop. And also the hypocrisy of the establishment media, because there's not a bloody word been said about it. He's gone from first in the trainers' championship to tenth, and nobody's batting an eye. If that was Aidan O'Brien, they'd be hounding him. They'd be banging on about, oh, it's a miserable season for Aiden O'Brien. Is this going to be the weekend where he finally gets a group winner? That's the kind of thing that would be being said. And instead, it's just, oh, well, tough time for Charlie. Oh, well, let's move on. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, Q Ablan winning this race by 10 lengths now, I mean, the star two-year-old. Oh, Probably, yeah, just yeah. thinking that. One just, of the reasons I, I figured the other horse would win. <laughs> yeah, just after all, all, after all of this now, uh, I don't think that horse will win. Uh, I think the danger to Capulet's Ghost Rider. He looked really nice at Newmarket and Ascot. That Ascot win was very impressive. He was carrying a six-pound penalty that day. Um, apparently, he was really, really noisy in the preliminaries, really acting up. Didn't affect him one bit on the track. And this has been his long-term target. This is the race that they mentioned straight after that in the winner's enclosure. So I'd, I'd give him a fair shout, uh, Ghost Rider, but Capulet, Capulet for the win. Uh, this then brings us to the Cambridgeshire. This is your cup of tea, baby. This is what this is what Aiden O'Hara likes to roll around with. Uh, Thirty-four runners. Greek order is your seventy-two favorite. Ushin Murphy, friend of the show, on board for Harry and Roger Charlton. Dual identity: Marco Gianni, William Knight, eleven to one. Crack shot twelves. Uh, Astro King. What a story he is for Daniel and Clara Kubler. Uh, Sir Michael Stout cast off. Runs an absolute blinder at York. Louis Stewart and I both tipped him that day. We were convinced we had the win, and then he gets missed, nutted on the line at 66 to 1. Uh, great win the last day, though. Liberty Lane for Carlbrook, 16 to 1. Merlin the Wizard is the same price. Aviado, uh, a similar price as well. And for the King, Saga with uh, Ryan Moore on board. Frankie Dettori will be spitting feathers if that fella goes and wins. Um, is Have I mentioned the horse that you like? Uh, or horses you like, or are they at wild Considering prices? you've mentioned the top, like, 10 in the betting, obviously, no. they're anywhere near it. They're, they're nowhere near it, right? Now, I mean, I have one that, it's after we backed a little bit, I haven't tweeted it up yet or anything like that, but I'm often looking for these horses that I call followers, I, I especially for place terms. I think there's certain horses that it matters little 
what the handicap market, the horse in front of them is, they can follow it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they'd be racing in a group one, one minute and be third and could also be third in a handicap against 85 rated horses. Just, they're just, that's their mentality. And as a horse I used to, I was following for a while and I got, I kind of figured that he was probably not going to win enough. Is this Falak, who, who's the outsider the whole field, right? Um, so he's one of he's one of those. Jesus types for Christ, me. he's a hundred to one. He's hundred now. When I backed it early on, he was one hundred and fifty to one. There's, there's actually a few. I know that means nothing really, but you know, there's actually a few people backing him. But this year has been funny. He's been running over further, and I don't really mind that. Back when I thought he was going to win something at a price um, early last year. He has some very decent 10 furlong runs in there. And that's the kind of trip I fancied him at. And he's a very decent, you know, he's a good 10 and a half furlong race at York around this mark, just held, you know, even though it's only, say, a 10 grand race, it's a decent race. You know, all those York handicaps are tough. Yeah, This is obviously much tougher, right? And he's been running up to two miles. He's actually run well over two miles around Newcastle this year. But that just furthers my point of, He's the kind of horse that is just a follower. And I've seen him enough night times to know now that he just, that's exactly what he is. What he'll need is a mad pace. So this is absolutely, but this is going to be, this is bananas. You know, there's horses everywhere. There's plenty of front runners, I'm assuming. I don't, it's not something I go into. I don't really go into the, um, going through the whole book to see who's going to be where and all this kind of thing. I just assume this is got definitely going to be a well-run race. I mean, you know, there's no doubt about it. I and went through this. One. If it helps you, I went through this earlier. Uh, Thunderball, Killybegs Warrior, and Grand Genie, they'll go forward. So, yes. stall three, stall eight, stall 12. Yeah, which is funny because it's nothing has won this from um, less than 25 in about 10 years, I think. Now, that, you know, it could be different this time. It's good to farm ground. It's very hard to know. And Falak is kind of in the middle, which I don't really mind because, you know, he, he's a bit like Rohan is one of those horses. The only day he's going to do anything is when he has to come through a whole pile of horses. Do you know what I mean? That's just his thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Falak will finish this relatively well. And I reckon his chance of, you know, getting into the place and getting involved in the finish is better than the, the 20 to 1 or, you know, it was he was bigger earlier on. But he's better than the, he's better than the 20, to, 20 to 1 shot to finish this well even though he's been running over two miles and mad things like that. Um, so he's at a huge price. He's just one that I followed, I've given up on. But at that kind of price, uh, the place is, side is massive. You know, it's, it's a huge price. And even though it's obviously a very good race, I don't think, I definitely don't think it's the best of these. I, I actually think it's quite a poor Cambridgeshire comparative. To, I mean, this Greek order, maybe he's a group horse, fine. But I'm not sure there's a lot. I mean, Astro King is only, uh, what is he, 16 to 1, but he's only after winning. He's gone up his top weight. I'm not sure it's that brilliant a race. I, like, I don't think, I think there's been better ones before, a few unexposed ones as well. But I just like him to follow, you know, to go, if he gets, look, if he gets in the right area and he follows the correct horses and things go right for him, I think he's capable of doing something off the mark. And, um, He's got that William Pyle on for Jim Goldie, who's, you know, he's a good jockey as well. So he's got light with eight stone even he's going to be carrying. 
drawn around the middle. You know, I'd like to see him pass a few horses at the end, and I don't think it's out of the question. So that's that's my main one, I think. Um, I I didn't get a huge amount of time today to go through the whole race, but I've been watching this Dutch decoy, thinking that he might. He's about to, you know, he's about to do something decent. He's he's quite a high mark for what he is, but he's a younger horse than I thought he was. To be honest, it's only six, but. I was disappointed last time I tipped him, but I thought he might win that. It was a class two at Doncaster, but he did not look. He he didn't look to be. He didn't look to be trying at all. Uh, absolutely not. He he was out the back and he never got involved. But his previous run, the run behind Johan in the Golden Mile, is a very good run. Farm has worked out all over the place. You know, it's probably the second best. I mean, I know this is a mile one. Probably the second best. Um, Mile race of the year or mile one race of the year. That's a very good race. I think Johan's kind of a group horse, really. Did you tip Johan, by the way, at 25s? I did tip Johan, yeah, yeah. But um, Dutch guy was finishing quick there. Now, a repeat of that run. You know, if you look at who's in that that golden mile, you know, Prato's down there once since. It's a proper, it's the sim- a very similar race. Very similar race. Now, it was on soft ground. And um, I don't think he needs soft or anything like that. He's plenty of good runs and good to farm. He's interesting as well. If I'm honest, I thought he'd be a bigger prize. Um, so at the moment, he's 33 to 1. But I don't think after his last run, I would be surprised if anyone else is putting him up or that interested him. I think he'll be something like 50 to 1 tomorrow, something like that. Well, and not now. I'm putting these things up. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's. That's one of the problems, I suppose. But um I think he I think he's I think he's got a chance. He really didn't look like he was trying to talk last time. I would not be surprised. Now he's drawn four. But I mean, if you who did do if you did do the pace map and the pace is low, you know, that's fine. But the fact that he's drawn four uh, means he might be a bigger price. But he's just one that interests me, and I'm hoping for I'm probably hoping for a bigger price than 33 to one. I think I think we'll probably get that as well. I mean, there's loads of other ones I'm kind of half interested in, but you know, I haven't, I haven't really gone through it yet with a fine two comb. But the way I am anyway, I won't be changing Falak. I'm, I'm definitely backing that, and I think I'll, I think I'll end up. There's so much on tomorrow between golf and racing everywhere. I'm probably not going to go through that race with a fine two comb. I'm probably happy enough with what I have price wise. So probably go with. It. I see one that I would have fancied for it, and I picked. Was it two years ago? Zazimus said something like a hundred to one, and he won his side. You know, he was like fourth in this race. So I think he was with Joseph O'Brien. Um, so it was, you know, it was both disappointing <laughs> because he won his side. It was a hundred to one. Yeah, he won his side in a brilliant race. He, he easily beat his side. Probably the best horse in the race, right? So that was off America '94. But I think it's kind of a sign that this isn't as good. This isn't that good. I mean, he's only. He's done a few things since. He hasn't looked the world beater. He's off 84 here. You know, he's with David O'Mara. He'd be sort of interesting, but I don't think I'd really want him as kind of 18, 20 to 1, maybe not in this not in this field, but I missed my chance with him a couple of years ago when he was 100 to 1. But anyway, that's it. I, I'd say I won't be changing from those two anyway. So it's Dutch, Kai and Felak. And to clarify. And I'll be screaming Felak, yeah. Yeah, Falak is ab- is definitely your number one. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, he'd be 
Depends what price he is now. If he'd have stayed to 150 to one, I'd have went with two pints each way. Like I, I'm not afraid. I, my which pints, more pints is how much overpriced he is, not his chance of winning. It's it's what how overpriced he is. And with him, it's the place part. He's one of those things I look for. A kind of a horse that follows other horses, and it really wouldn't matter how good the other horses are. He'd still he gets the head down and tries. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, whereas he may not be doing that, and he may not really want to go past. But that's fine at 100 to 150 to 1. We'll take that all day, you know? Well, this is his first season racing for Jim Goldie, and he's been doing reasonably yeah. well, but Jim is absolutely legendary at getting horses in, in uh, to perform in big races. Um, and he's probably wanted to drop back and trip for a while. So there's a lot in his favour. Yeah, Five-pound claimer on board too. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, he's got a, he's got, he's not, a, I don't think he's a hundred to one. And actually it says, you know, on the hour time far bit of the, at the races website, it's saying that, uh, Jim had a similar horse who had, um, and I remember him as well, Nanton, who had been running over two miles and got placed three times in this race. We take three that. times. We'll this is what that. time farmer saying. So Jim Goldie as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So he's probably looking at something similar. Anyway, look, he's not a hundred to one. I've been backed back to already anyway. So I, I actually backed it with Ladbrokes and it ended up getting 180 to one. So I mean, it's not obviously not a massive bit, but still be a bit of fun to watch anyway. We'll be screaming at the telly trying to get him through the 35 horses to scrape into six or something like that. Well, thankfully, affordability checks are not a, a not an issue in Ireland um, in that it, there doesn't seem to be any appetite to bring them in here, but we're still all getting hit with it in terms of uh, if you want to make a withdrawal from certain betting companies they're still going to say to you oh oh you want to withdraw is it uh we need the blood of your firstborn child before we can give you that um but if this fella goes and wins i think that'll be that'll be some tale and and the way you've been tipping this season i'm half expecting this fella to now just go and absolutely bolt up um so i'm looking forward to this Falak 100 to 1 is the price currently available uh, it's 33 to 1 available about Neil Callan's Mount Dutch Decoy. Neil Callan is a guest on the Final Forum podcast on Monday. I think that's going to be a fairly spicy show. Talking to Neil behind the scenes. I have a feeling Neil's going to go off on that one. So make sure you're here with us Monday morning uh, for that. Should be a lot of fun. It'll be Monday afternoon it comes out. Um, uh, maybe he's going to be talking to us about a, a winning ride in one of the biggest races of the yeah, season. Yeah, perfect. I was just thinking that. Yeah. It just nuts um, Falak and sure we'll get the old forecast or something. we fine. Hopefully, Falak has nutted him and I'm yeah. commiserating with Neil well, while yeah, at the same yeah. time going, gravy everywhere, gravy everywhere. Um, I'm going to do... Anyway, we won't expect too much at 100 to 1, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that he'll do his usual thing of following the other horses and follow him, follow him into place anyway. I'm going to play the, the TriCast. I'm going to do one of these Bet365 TriCasts where they they um, they price it up the night before and it's normally like astronomical odds. So I'm going to look this up in a second actually to find out. Do you do this as well? I do. Um, my wife has the odd uh, forecast bet on the Bet365 account. All right. Well, so. you better not let them find out what your wife's name is. <laughs> to make, sh- make sure she's not connected to the Wi-Fi when she's doing that. They're like, this is coming from the same IP address. It's too late. I kind of tweeted earlier on. I, I had a I had a bet on something that came to me <laughs> there. Just just having a look at the race in France for the show, and I kind of really fancy one now. It's, it's turned into even though I hadn't really thought about the race um, I had a bet and 
literally, I, I backed it. And, you know, I had, it's 20 quid each way, right? But it was a massive price. And um, I backed it. They waited a minute to approve it. And oh. then approved it. And then a half in price. Straight away, immediately, half in price. Damn, son. So Damn, I, son. I, think the, I think the cat's out of the bag. And I mean, it, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's not actually, it is my wife's account. She'll be using it in Tottenham and stuff. It's just like, you know, Bet365, I can't get on with them anymore. And I kind of enjoyed their extra places and their forecasts and all that kind of stuff. Ah, mm, The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. But anyway, I'd have to be back. I mean, I, oh, your I own account has been limited because the last time you were on oh, the no, show, my own account is limited for a long time. Yeah, yeah, God, a long time. Oh crap! Ages ago, I was wondering how much longer yeah, that was going to take. Incident. I mentioned it before. It was the Rohan incident. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. After, yeah. but after anyway, Boris look, Goodwood. so yeah, no Rohan. It was in the. Um, I think it's my best race on the flat now. What's it called? The Walkingham, wasn't it? Oh yes, of course. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know what you mean now. Yeah, yeah last last yeah, year's last year's twice, I think. But yeah, yeah, it was last year. Yeah, yeah. But I I added a zero to me bet to see what happened, and that was the end. <laughs> what happened was never clamped. Did. Account it clamped. Won. That was it. Ten cent each way the day after. <laughs> oh no! So I kind of never really do that. But anyway, but we'll go on to the next race. Uh, um, we will. Uh, what I'm going to say is. Uh, Long-term listeners to the show will be going, hang on, is, is Kennedy not going to mention this horse? By the way, I have no idea what's going on with the Niarcos family. I don't know if they're just, if this restructuring means they're still going to be committed to the racing game or if they're getting out of it entirely. But they're selling basically all of their mares. Not not all of them, but all of the good ones. It is, it's an el- if, if we win the Euro Millions, if I win the Euro Millions tonight, I'm going to be investing in some Nearcos family bloodstock. Um, Alpha Centauri, all the really good Jessica Harrington ones that are now at stud. Alpine Star, they're all up for sale. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there. But Tyrrhenian Sea, Nearcos horse, is is back after a 182-day break. So the last time we talked about this horse was with Mark Milligan. Mark and I would, kind of independent of one another, both put this horse up. We were super strong about him at Lingfield. Lord North proved to be too good for him, which was no surprise. I thought he might have been a little bit rusty that day. Uh, but that was a huge run from Trinian Sea. And then he bombed out spectacularly uh, when he bled the next day out at um, at Kempton. So he's coming back fresh. He's got a three-pound claimer, Adrian Keeley, on board. Roger Varian's horse is running well. Uh, and at 50 to 1, he's just too big. I think you can get 66s. If you shop around, you can get it. And if we do one of these magic bet 365 bets... Uh, Falak, Tyrrhenian Sea, Dutch Decoy, that TriCast, is this right? 78,947 to 1. Yeah, we're going to have a bit of that. So if that wins, uh, Aiden is in Kilkenny, uh, and I'm in Kilkenny. Well, I'll be in Kilkenny a lot more now um, that, now that Mam's Cancer is back, which is just a bloody disaster. Um, what a horrible, horrible, horrible disease. Um, just when you think you're clear of it, 
and it pops its head back up again. Um, and thank you to everybody for kind words on DMs and WhatsApp. It's appreciated. Um, but, um, yeah, if this fella goes and wins, you're going to hear me roaring from um, from the town of Castle Comer, my man, uh, in the city centre. I will be going ballistic if these three uh, end up crossing the line. I don't care in which order. I don't care which order it is, as long as it's one, two, three, Phalak, Tyrrhenian Sea, Dutch decoy. Uh, let's give that a go, shall we? Um, are we on to... You never know. One of these things that will come up at some stage. One so. of these days, mate. One of these yeah. days. Uh, we'll go to Paris Longchamp for the Qatar Prix de Cadran. And the greatest group one ever contested on the flat. My goodness, the strength and depth of this race is just amazing. Trushan, 11-8 against Emily Dickinson, 7-4. Run for Oscar in the first-time blinkers. I uh, wonder, has the horse box left yet? The uh, well, we could do another joke there, but let's leave it alone for good old Charles. Uh, seven to one. And then the elite, Schiziano, Moonwolf, Vert Libiter, all the great and the good of the staying game. Aiden, what a race in prospect. It's the worst group <laughs> one I've ever seen, anyway, by a long way. But one of the problems with it now is... Um, I don't, the ground isn't soft. The ground is, it's definitely good. E- even tomorrow, I'm kind of assuming the ground is good. And that's from somebody who was talking on a thing yesterday with um, a French kind of expert. And he said it's good and it'd be good to firm for the, for the arc and those races on the Sunday. Well, it's there's like no rain degrees. forecast whatsoever. No, and it's hot. It's 28 degrees. Mm. So that'll mean Trushan won't run, yeah. more than likely. Well, um, um, there is Dickinson. there is a quote from Alan King today saying the only problem would be good to firm ground. That that's it. But we already know that Alan. Um, but he is just emphasizing. He's, he's basically saying if it's genuine good ground, no problem will run. If it does dry out to good to firm, he's out. Yeah, and I, maybe that. But so I suppose you know. I, I mean, if they all ran, I, I'd like to see Trushan against Emily Dixon, But I'd really fancy Trushan, <laughs> you know, even though they're the same price. Near enough the same price. I, I'd much, I'd have, I think Trujan the last time was very good. Um, so if he lets him run, it's fine. It's one to watch. It's, it's, if, if Trujan doesn't run, I mean, there'll be national hunt trainers everywhere going, God, William Mullins must, Mullins must have 10 horses that could have run in this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean, but, but now, unfortunately, it's just the worst. I mean, I, I suppose there's probably a few too many of those staying races, group ones with a lot of stairs probably heading to Australia. So it, it kind of leaves, leaves a small, Emily Dickinson is obviously very decent, but I'm not sure she'd want good to firm either. Do you know? No, she wouldn't. She'd be okay. She'd be okay on good ground. Like she ran a cracker in the gold cup, all things considering on good to firm ground. Um, And it was a significant drop in class to group two company. Like it wasn't a great group two at the Curra uh, that she won in, in July. And that race against Quickthorn was an absolute joke. I mean, Tom Marquand, friend yeah. of the show, uh, steals that race again. Nobody bothered to to look up. Um, Ryan's been having a fantastic season. He doesn't get he doesn't get away with it. That was an awful ride that day. They were all brutal in behind. Uh, and don't give me that nonsense about oh, but they couldn't go with them. He was he has that speed. If he had that speed, he'd be running in the July Cup. And if he had that speed, really quick thorn, he, then he'd be bolting up in Group Ones, left, right, and center. It was a nonsense. It was a brilliant ride from Tom Marquand. Great training performance from Huey Morrison. Great performance from the horse. And the rest of them were, were rubbish. Uh, but you can forgive her that. Like, that was a joke of a race. So, Frankie on board. Yeah, I, I think she'll go really close here. 
But if this turns into good to firm ground, I'd be very worried. Yeah, which it'd probably suit run for Oscar, but the price is probably gone a bit now. I mean, it's just one of those, that's a, a kind of watching race. But for me, if Trushan turns up, it doesn't matter what, if he's actually running, I, you know, I think he'd probably win. I, Emily Dickinson, I think, is probably just slow. So, yeah, like she needs to chase her. You know, she, she'll she be finishing fast. I'm not 100% sure it's how it's Chucky's fault. I think she's just, just a slow starter and she finishes well. There's loads of horses like that. But Trushan might be difficult enough to pass now. I mean, if he didn't, he somehow won the last day. Um, when absolutely everything went wrong, he still end up, you know, winning. So I, I, w- I would fancy him if he's going to run. And if he's going to run, it means the ground is, you know, properly good. You know, so it's an interesting race. I hope they all run. It'd be kind of interesting then. But if they all run, I'd be, God, I'd be very happy with at and above evens for Trushan. So I have a feeling Emily Dickinson is probably a little bit too slow. I wonder where they're going to. Do what Alan King was saying earlier in the season about going hurdling with him. Not if he wins this, surely. Why would you? I mean, if um, I've forgotten the name of the Aidan O'Brien, the Aidan O'Brien horse there, Kiprius. Kiprius, who hasn't run this year, really. Well, he has, but and he, he's probably going to. But if he, he if Trushan is genuinely, you know, back, which to me it looked like the last time. There's loads of races for him on the flat next year. Loads of them. Yeah. Anything basically that Kiprius isn't in. Do you know what I mean? So uh, if he wins this, I, they'd be mad to be trying to go over hurdles uh, with a seven, eight-year-old. It's an interesting race. Hopefully they run anyway. And, but uh, I'd, be, geez, I'd be strong enough on Trushan there. I'd be, I mean, it's too short a price for me, but I'd be strong enough on it. Yeah, I get it. I suppose in the back of my mind, there's a fear that he's going to bounce. Um, and he had looked really tricky at Ascot when he's come back. He wasn't exactly great. He was looked really tricky at Nottingham, where there was no excuse, and then he was a disaster at Ascot uh, against Coltrane. But he did look right back to his. He just he's again fighting with Holly Doyle, and I think that puts into context that performance at, at Glorious Goodwood last year, where everybody was getting up, getting in Holly's face and saying that she had balls that up. I, I don't think she did. I think he's a nightmare to ride. Um, and I think he'd be a nightmare proposition over hurdles as well, by the way. But on his day, he's very, very good. So I'd, I'd like to see him win, but I don't know. There's something about him that puts me off. Um, is is the price gone on run for Oscar now? He was eight. He's 13 to two now. Yeah, but um, I suppose I, I'm not sure he could beat Trushan. If Trushan's running, the ground is decent. You know, it's not too sad. I'd find I mean, if Trushan isn't running, I wouldn't mind them beating um, Emily Dickinson on that kind of ground. But it's just an interesting race to watch anyway. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they all go. Um, we might go on to the next one, the Prix Royalou, is it? I, I'm no good at French. The Qatar Prix de Royalou. Uh, Melo Melo is the 72 favourite. Miguel Barcelona uh, for Francois Gaffard. Uh, Dermot Weld is sending over Shamita. I feel like I should just be scrolling down here more to like Sumo Sam. I like this horse a lot. Uh, he did us a good favor at Glorious Goodwood on Talksport 2, 10 to 1. Um, I'd nearly make a make a play for him. Uh, Sean Levy's getting the ride for Aidan O'Brien on Library at 28 to 1. Um, uh, Dina Dova, uh, 50 to 1 shot. Who are you looking at? I'm looking at Alpen Bloom in this. 
Um, now, library, it isn't out of the question for it to suit library as well. If she gets to the front, you know, that's that's quite a big price as well. But the odds on these races, these French races, it's a bit odd. One one is 28 to one. Then there's a load of 18 to ones. We kind of see what price that is tomorrow. I'd be happy with it at 28 to one, 33 to one, anything like that library, maybe. But Alpine Plume is the kind of horse I look for in these uh, end of season races at Longchamp. Um, in her last race, she was behind that Mello Mello, who's the favorite for this but didn't get any kind of a run. I mean, she's eight out of 10, but she didn't get any kind of run. Looks like she wants to step up and trip. And this time last year, September last year, she was fourth in another, in a three-year-old race over the same trip. Um, That's worked out well. You know, there's Divine Jewel and stuff in it. It's a decent race and she finished well again. I just think she's probably, she's probably decent there. And this is the right trip. And is it, is it not that good a race? You know, is there a lot of horses around the same standard? And it's not how the question that um, Alpen Plume is kind of similar. Well, judge on that last run, I'd prefer to be on her at 40 to 1 with the four, yeah, nearly everyone has four places than I would be on the favourite at uh, three and a half to 1 or the Dermot horse at 5 to 1. And Sea Silk Road is a, a classy horse as well, but... No, I think that I'd say it's quite clear that Alpen Plume is a bit of value there. It's what I'm going to go. It's typically it's what I try and go for in these um, races at Longchamp. You know, it's the the French. Like it's only had a couple of runners. It has one when you go onto the farm. You don't see the German race a lot of time, but it's one what's worked a kind of decent German Group Three before that uh, French race that was on good ground, and the farm has kind of worked out. You know, it's it is definitely a kind of a proper Group Three. So that was on good ground. So I think I think she's value. 40 to 1, uh, four places. That's what I'm going for in that. Up and blue. First... And we'll see what price library gets to, but mentioning it probably isn't going to help that. But uh, it's the, you know, it's a 25 to 1, 28 to 1 up. I'd be interested in the library because, you know, that run in the Irish Oaks, it, it's huge. just with that kind of horse, whether it gets the proper run or not. You know, does it get to the front? Is it able to slow it down a little bit? It's a bit of a grinder. So... I reckon it might, you know, the library probably do well there, but my main bet is going to be Alpen Bloom. Alpen Bloom. Uh, that was a massive run in the Irish Oaks. Um, she didn't, she ran okay in, in Cork. It wasn't a, a horrible run. That was a group three. It was a good quality race. Fog one up, right? Uh, yeah, it, it was, was very soft. horrible yeah. ground and she gets blinkers. Uh, the blinkers are back on. So I, I think she's got a huge chance there um, of outrunning her odds at least anyway, 28 to one. I take her over the Dermot Well filly, and I, and I like the Dermot Well filly, but I take Library over her um, in in that race, yeah. particularly at the odds. Right, we'll move on to the most prestigious race in Europe. Feature race of the entire weekend, the Qatar, Preed Lark, the Triumph, uh, Group 1, £2.5 million in prize money, and the unbeaten French superstar, or at least that's what they're calling him, Ace Impact, for Jean-Claude Rougier and Christian Demuro is the 3-1 to favourite. Aidan O'Brien's St. Ledger winner, continuous. St. Ledger winners have a horrible record in this race. I was saying with Lizzie Kelly on Thursday's show, ah, this fella won't do it. This St. Ledger winners don't win this. Scorpion tried it uh, as a as a one-horse entry in this race back in 2005 for Aiden O'Brien. Look how that worked out. The more I think about it, Aiden, the more I'm starting to actually come around to him. I don't know what's happened to me. I'm flip-flopping again. Uh, continue with 6-1 to one for Aiden O'Brien and Ryan Moore. Hook'em, Jim Crowley and Owen Burrows. 13 to 2 and got the horrible draw, stole 14. Uh, Westover, 7 to 1. 
After that huge run behind Hookham in the King George, Feed the Flame, a 10 to 1 shot, and Fantastic Moon, the other horse to be supplemented for this race, along with Continuous, a 12 to 1 shot. Sir Michael Stout's Baybridge, 14 to 1. Where are you looking for the value here, Aidan O'Hara? Well, I've been thinking about this for Ernesto for the last while, and nothing has really happened to change my mind. It wasn't a great run, the Irish champion, but when I looked back at it, he, he pulled too hard. He was too free early on. And then he kind of got reversed a bit after they came around the, you know, for, after they came around the, the, lad, the final turn for the straight, he kind of got reversed a bit by Pint Lonsdale and they gave up really quick. But um, I, I just think that, you know, this, he's, been, he's been ready for this all year. It's a typical French preparation. Now, I think he was injured in that he ran in the, was it the Japan Cup or something like that? And he got injured in that. That's why he's laid out. But still, he's the kind of thing I'm looking for, this kind of preparation. I mean, he caught the eye with, uh, over on soft ground over a mile um, in Deauville. Behind in Spiral. Was a very good race. Yeah, that was a huge yeah, one. And yeah, and the minute I saw that, I'm going, right, That's he's going to be my arc bit. Hopefully, he's a big price. Um, and I haven't really seen that to change my mind. I mean, he's 40 to 1, um, four places. I just think he had, he's only really had, I think he's only had one run over 12 furlongs. He's had two. But he won the Grand Prix de Paris last year, beating that Simp Camille, who, whose farm ties in with a lot, there's a lot of German farm in this race, whose farm ties in with a lot of those. And he only beat him by a neck, but it was one of those typical French jockey necks. I mean, he was a much better horse. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you watch it, it's hilarious. He just cruised up outside him and, you know, he, he wasn't, he, I mean, he wasn't, I don't think he was whipped at all or anything. But he won anyway, but he looks like, you know, that was a half-decent race. Not a great race. It's usual Grand Prix de Paris. It's kind of only group one and a half or whatever. But it was on good ground, mile and a half around here. I think it's probably going to be his best trip. And I think this is the worst arc I might have ever seen. I, I You know, I mean, if Ace Impact doesn't win it, if his impact is kind of harsh, he looks like he could be, he probably should win this, but not at that price. I wouldn't be at all interested. He's never run at Longchamp and he's never run over 12 furlongs and he's going to be coming from the back. And, uh, you know, to God, does, you're, you're risking a lot for your three to one there. But it is a poor arc. I mean, I, I like him anyway. It won't be changed. That's my main bet. I actually put it up already and so little fan, other people fancy the bookies don't care. It didn't, you know, didn't reduce him. But it's a big race. So he's still available at 40 to 1. Any of these 28 to 1 and up, I'd be happy with him with four places. Um, the other one I like is Plastic Carousel. Now, Ooh, now you're it talking. Seems like she, now you're talking. She might like soft ground, but um, she ran well against above the curve and good to soft. I, with these horses, you often don't really know. But she's kind of what I'm looking for at this time to year around Longchamp. She hasn't had too many runs. Kind of obvious that she's been prepared for this um, mm. all year, essentially. And I think it's a terrible... I think there's some amount of overpriced, uh, underpriced horses in this race. Every, they're everywhere. The whole top of the market. Everything. Everything. Like, I mean, I, I can't have Bay Bridge, Free Wind, Fantastic Moon, maybe. 12 to 1, maybe. True to 7 seeds. The Japanese horse kind of interesting, but um, got very close to uh, Equinox in one of her runs, but she's, I think she's five. Um, sort of interesting. 
Feed the Flame, I, I'm not interested in. Westover, I am interested in, but he's about the right price. I think he's better than Hookham anyway, and he's going to be finishing quick. And if it is a bad arc and Ace Impact isn't a, you know, the best horse in Europe, Westover is going to be very interesting. I think he'd probably be Hookham. Continuous has just basically beaten slow horses the last twice. I, I mean, I think it'd want to be a bad arc. And to, he, although he won the ledger easy, it was on soft ground. I, I don't know. That's only two weeks ago. And he came up against King of Steel and Ascot on good to farm over tired furlongs. And King of Steel whomped him totally. So, you know what I mean? I, I don't think it'll suit him. I, I, I don't think so anyway. And when I went through the whole field, I was left with everything else is the wrong price other than uh, Nesto, who wasn't going to change in plastic carousel. And plastic carousel is 25 to 1. We're taking a risk with the ground a bit, but um, probably worth the risk. They're my two anyway. I really liked Simica Mill, and then he got the draw, and then the ground started to change. Yeah, last four, yeah. yeah. now he has one on, on good, um, but he was really disappointing in Japan, and they blamed the good to firm ground that day. So if it does turn good to firm, I think he's I think he's goosed. Um, but he is 28 to 1. And his course form at Paris Longchamp is second, first, first, second. And his record over a mile four is first, second, first, unplaced, first, first. So the draw is the thing that would worry me. But the price is just... I don't think I can let him run and not back a maiden. Um, and the other one is uh, Palace de Carousel. I, I really like this horse. She just she strikes you as a typical one for the wily fox, Andre Fab. It's probably just been the plan all year. Like that was a, a career best on this card last year when she beat Nashua by three quarters of a length. Uh, that was obviously on, on soft ground. She's won five of her nine. Um, she's two from three this year, and she bids to follow in Volkite's footsteps by winning the pre-foy and the arc double in the same season. Um, her course form is second, first, fifth, first. And uh, at Group 1 level, she's been... Second, unplaced, first, fifth. And I think there's an excuse for the fifth, a fairly reasonable one. So I like her an awful lot. I like her a lot. Um, and, and a 25 to 1. Yeah, she would be more in line. Are we both going for this horse? If we both back Palace de Carousel, does this mean we're both allowed down to Bally Lynch Dodd for a bit of champagne with the boys in the Champagne Charlie tent? Bally Lynch Stud, they, um, they own him, is it? Yeah, the Kilkenny Takeover. They they have um they have oh. half of this horse with Alchicab Racing. Really? Yeah. We'll head down to Mount Julius and knock it off. So we'll do. Oh, yeah. We'll just slack off work Monday. It definitely has a, a a decent chance, and I just don't like nine tenths of the most of the market is the wrong price. I think in it, I can't wait to watch it, and um, you know, I it, it is a good race, but God, there's a few wrong price ones in it. Yeah. That, you know are kind of making me think that there's some overpriced ones somewhere. But obviously, I've gone for those too. But I wouldn't mind betting the plastic carousel goes off in the 14 to 1 range either. Yeah, it's 25 to 1 now. But well, now really that makes sense. I think some, some of the hearts are going to go out. Baybridge, Free Wind. Yeah, I, I think they're going to go out. Continuous is probably going to go out. I, I don't know. It's not, I'd imagine they will anyway. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'll wait for it anyway. And as much as I was starting to come around to Continuous... Uh, I just don't see a St. Ledger winner winning it. But it's it's such a bad arc that maybe he can. And it's very... I wonder are the Coolmore boys starting to regret not putting Augusto down in this? Because they probably didn't put him I'm in this. I'm sure they wanted to go to the... 
Yeah, but is that they're the probably th- worried that it's been soft ground? That's exactly what it was. They were terrified they were going to get the ground. That arc last year was a nightmare uh, when Luke Morrison Alpinista swam through the mud in an incredibly brave performance to go and win. But that, watching it back today, oof, that was a rough. That was a rough arc, and it's a complete turnaround. And this is the one. Like the Breeders' Cup is a huge race, obviously. But this is the one the Japanese industry will be watching. This is the most prestigious middle distance race in the world. And Augusto Rodin's going to be sitting in Belly Doyle uh, waiting for the Breeders' Cup instead. I just I wonder, are they regretting that now? But anyway, um, they would have been... Sick- I'm sure they are, but sure, you know. They'll be all right. They won't be stuck for too much. Uh, one more race. Puy de la Foret, Group 1. Um, who do you like? Um, I have two. I have Diaby, I have Diaby as well. But in the Puy de la Foret, it's this one that I, I cotton on to only, you know, as I was having a quick look at these races, and I, I think I really like this one. <laughs> I know. Oh. The bottom of the market is Kalina, um, who beat Sautern, who's second favourite, last year by two lengths on good ground in Shanty over a mile. But I looked at her last race, right, and I think I might have backed it this day in Longchamp, so for some reason I was watching it. And I went for Kalina in it, because it was 25 to 1. But it got no kind of run at all. And it is basically jogging at the finish. It's in seventh. So you know what I mean? It's not like it doesn't have anything to make up. Mm. But I think I think the ground is going to suit this horse. I, just looking at the results in the farm, the ground's going to suit it. I mean, it has some very decent farm. How, I'm not sure how good this race is. It has some very decent uh, farm. It was uh, fourth in the um, French 1000 guineas, Blue Rose Seine. I, I mean, that's. I think it's very good. I think there's no way it's a 50 to 1 shot. It was the one I backed on my wife's account at 66 to 1 and bet 365 when it went half the price the second I backed it. Uh, no, 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 no you didn't. No, you didn't. You told your wife to back it and your wife yes, backed it no, independently yeah, it is, of you. Yeah. It had not. You're going to get yeah. yourself shut um, down completely, man. No, anyway, if they do, they do, right? We'll stick with the exchange. We'll be all right. But so it's, it's 50 to 1 in Petty Power and. I think it's mad. I, I, God, I'd be really happy with that pick. Really happy with it. And it's the kind of thing you'd be just hoping to find in one of these races. I, I just, I'm not a hundred percent sure. There's a huge amount between Sautern and the horse. I, I don't think there's a lot in it. Some of the other farm is like in the French one thousand guineas. He's half a length behind Sautern. I don't think there's anything in it. Mm. So mad price. Probably going to be the nap at the weekend. Um, but I better try and get down to Paddy. What time, what time did it close at? You've got but, time. Um, anyway, You've got time. That's my that's my one in that. And I, I really like it. And so, that, that's going off at that, that's going off at 14 to 1 or something. That's a, they're going to wake up. I, I'm not sure why. But you do find that in Longchamp. You, you do find these mad priced ones that make no sense. And yeah. that makes no sense. So this is Kalina. No I, I'm, I'm really happy with that. So that's that one. That's that, just have, just to clarify, that's Kalina uh, for Maxim Guion Kalina, in, the, yeah. in the five o'clock. Uh, and then your last, and that's going to be the nap of the weekend by the sense of things. Uh, and then the last one, Prix um, de la Abbe. So, yeah. Right, this thing, I mean, I have a bit of a record of getting a couple of French horses place in this at ginormous prices in the past. I mean, this is ba- basically bingo. This this race, I have a it's nightmare record in this race, Aiden. I have a nightmare it's record. This. I don't think I've up. ever backed the winner of this race. I'm not 100 percent sure I've got the winner, but God, I've got a couple of 80 to one, 
50 to 1, 40 to 1, a couple of French horses placed in this, and one in particular, if I could remember the name, about four years ago, that just got nutted on the line at like 50 to 1. So, but because it's so much luck involved, and I know it's probably been in the last few years, some proper horse have really won it, but there's always big price ones in the in the frame. Yeah, there just is because it's 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 short. It's this is going to be good to firm ground. It's in the middle of the track. Again, talking to the the friend, that guy with the French farm yesterday, he says this is going to be baked. So this is going to be probably good to firm ground. So I fancy kind of two in it. Um, I like Butaman, who some of his farm on good ground is actually very good. You know, he's beaten a ver- his last his win against uh, Bernay. In Shanty over similar to this, just less than uh, five furlongs. Look very good, last and won that really easily. You're getting a big price because he was poor in the um, the Group One after the downpour. Um, the Phoenix, what's it called? Flying Five. Yep. And yep. that's why you're getting a big price. But I think he'll be suited by the ground. And this is such a, a look box race. I think you have to go with you have to go for something with something that you know for something that price. I like him. He's 28 to 1, 25 to 1, that kind of thing. But I have another one in it as well. And I've looked at this horse a few times. I mean, he's eight. He shouldn't be doing anything in this kind of race. But his farm this year is actually decent. It's bat one. And he's the type of thing, again, I tend to go for in this race, and it's worked a few times. If you look down his farm, he's some very decent, very decent farm, you know, in group twos and stuff like that. But he's just the type of horse that if you got the look in running and he was in the right place and behind the right horses, he can get involved and he's 100 to 1 and I'm going to go with him as well. I'm liking so it. It's uh, boot and bat one. Bat one, sixty-six to one, is available right now. I suggest I been back in the well, it was hundred to one. <laughs> so, some, somebody's been sneaking. Somebody's uh, been getting. Said, no, there's there's, there's hundred to ones all over the place. No, he's available at hundred to one. Can you get a hundred to one? Yeah, yeah, he's available at. Oh, hold on. Uh, I'm just looking at my... I, I, I wanted to try and back him just before I came on the... Um, and my one remaining bookie actually wouldn't take the bet. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, bet being reviewed by our trading team. Oh, delightful. Yeah. Delightful. <laughs> uh, by the way, bet being reviewed by your trading team. This Kalina, uh, I haven't done anything, by the way, uh, has just become a sea of blue. You can get 50s with yeah. two firms, but it's 22 to 1, 25 to 1, 33 to 1. Uh, ooh, yeah, ooh, I'd be dear. happy with 33 or 25. This one is a long way overpriced. I, I think it's gone off much, uh, much shorter. Uh, bat so, one. Bat, yeah, bat one. Yeah, you can get 100 to bat, bat one, but uh, I think I can. Yeah, there's a few in there. 60, so I, I'm, but I'm, happy, I'm happy enough with that. Okay. Um, so we know what the nap of the weekend is going to be, but to, to remind yeah, I everybody... I think it's, it's a bit mad that it's that horse, but yeah, I think that Ladbrokes took me bet as well on that thing at 100 to 1, thank God. Okay. Um, uh, clearly, they're all talking to one another as well, by the way, because if it's been cut with one firm that has nothing to do with others, then why are the others cutting it too? When you haven't tweeted it well, out. Some, I'd say the big priced ones, um, they're cut when they see any interest in it. Do you know what I mean? And I, I mean, what'll happen is somebody will look at it and go, wait a minute. 
Look at that last race. It was only it was quite close to the favourite and it beat it last year on good ground. They'll think, well, we probably just got that wrong. Do you know what I mean? I'll it's tell you what's happening. It's a conspiracy. They're all teaming up against you. It's like, this bloody Aiden O'Hara. We've got to stop this Aiden O'Hara. See, the blue bloods who own these big betting well, companies. They're probably laughing for the last 25 races. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, see, we'll see what happens. We've got to stop anyway, this man. Uh, what's your next best of the weekend? Um, Ernesto. I mean, Ernesto would have been my my nap until I, I just know that Kalina thing is overpriced. So I'd like both of them, but Kalina's uh, um, in a much worse race. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's definitely a much worse race. So well, Kalina being nap and Ernesto after that. And I mean, I kind of like, you know, I like them all. I mean, probably I'm hoping... I'm hoping just to get good runs out of most of these. And it's Ernesto is the one I'm waiting longest for. You know, I kind of have that in mind all the time. And I, I hope it's, I'm not sure he wants good to firm, but he'd be fine on good ground anyway. So, um, yep, he's happy. I'm happy with him. There's still 40 to 1 available and 33 to 1. Happy with any of those prices. It's a bad arc. He always looked like uh, 12 furlongs. Oh, they're trying to silence long shot value. They're trying to silence Aiden O'Hara. Stupid bookies. He's already given us the tips. You'd silenced him too late. I could go with the Aiden O'Brien double as my nap of the weekend, River Tiber and Capulet. But given the fact that Aiden is putting up a 50 to one shot as his nap and a 100 to one shot in the feature race at Newmarket, the Cambridgeshire, I got to try and be a little bit more original. Aiden likes her. I like her. Palace de Carousel in the Arc de Triomphe. Hopefully we'll give Andre Fab his ninth win. He's already the winning most trainer in Arc history. Hopefully she'll give him his ninth arc at the weekend. I uh, hope you've liked this show. If you did, a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app is the only thing I'm asking from you. Actually, that's a lie. I'm going to ask two things of you. It'll only take a minute of your time, but it means a lot, and it really helps the algorithm and helps out the show. A five-star rating on your favorite podcast app, the one you're listening to the show on right now, and a like and share on social media. If you like the show, that's all we're asking of you. And by the way, if you want to follow Aiden and I in on this uh, TriCast game, although it sounds as though Aiden's uh, been limited from doing this now, but Bet365 do it. I'm sure there's other firms who do it as well. This is the straight TriCast at the prices they're currently offering on Falak, Dutch Decoy, and Tyrrhenian Sea. I'm doing this in combination form, so I'm just going to do various different versions of this to come off. Right now, for a euro and 29 cent, Falak Dutch Decoy Tyrrhenian Sea pays 101,511 euro and 24 cents. Let's go! I'll have no voice on Monday's show. I'll be roaring so much if that comes off. I'll do the various different versions of this so that it comes out in the proper combination, but I'm pretty confident that that's paying way more now than it would on the day. So Falak Dutch Decoy Tyrrhenian Sea for a euro and 29 cent, a hundred grand, a hundred thousand sovereigns. Load up the wheelbarrow and let's go up and down the lines for the weekend. Hopefully it's going to be an absolute cracker. It's a brilliant weekend of sport ahead. Really looking forward to Liverpool Tottenham as well. Come on, Liverpool. Thank you very much for listening. Five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and like and share on social media. Neil Callan is here on Monday's show. We'll have a good chat with him. Uh, we'll also break down the weekend's racing and we're doing stable tours for the jumps next week with two top British trainers really looking forward to their insights and looking forward to uh, the horses they're going to be talking to us about for the new season. We'll release both of those shows next week. 
talk to you again very, very soon. From Monday, uh, in fact, with Neil Callan. Have a great weekend. Look after yourself and each other. Thanks for listening. God bless.